0: This episode brought to you by the Roster of Media Network, home to tangible insights for the NFL and fantasy sports. Check us out at rosterofmedia.com.
1: We hope you enjoy this crossover podcast between the Jet Up podcast and the Panther Up podcast. Host of the Panthera podcast, Tommy McGuire, will take over right after the Jet Up fellas introduce themselves. Enjoy. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Jet Up, part of the Roster Up Media podcast network. We are gearing up here for the first week of the regular season. The preseason is officially over. It is week one. Teams are preparing for games that actually count. And we thought it would be awesome to bring on the host of our partner show, who we are playing this week, Panther Up, uh, for the Carolina Panthers. We have Tommy McGuire with us here today, who runs our Panther Up show uh, for Roster Up, and we're gonna dive into uh, Jets, Panthers, and everything that's you know juicy and ahead of us here with Darnold and all the all the fun stuff. And storylines there. We also have Ryan on who is our co-host of the Jet Up podcast. And uh, you guys want to introduce yourselves, Tommy?
2: Yes, sir. Thank you, James. Thank you, Ryan. glad to be on the Jet Up podcast. Ready to dive into our week one matchup. Do a little bit of a recap on uh, our own Carolina Panthers preseason. How that went, the ups and downs. And uh, looking forward to diving into some, some action here. Jets, Panthers.
0: Ryan, Very very excited to record an episode a couple days before kickoff. Can't believe football season is back. Very excited.
1: Yes, very exciting. Finally, after what feels like one of the longer off-seasons in recent memory. It's a long summer, um, and uh, we're excited to jump into Jets-Panthers. Obviously, some some good storylines here, like we mentioned. Uh, We'll probably have this episode also appear on the Panther Up podcast as well. well. Um, So, for you Panther fans that are listening, um, we'll get you plenty of of Panthers uh, conversation in here as well. So, uh, now that we've done some intros, we're going to jump into a little bit of a preseason recap. Uh, So, the Panthers went one and two, Tommy. Uh, Sam Darnold, I know he didn't play every game, correct? And um, not all the starters played. The Jets opted to play a lot of starters in the preseason because they're a young team, but... Um, sort of how, how did you feel about the whole preseason and how it all went for you guys?
2: Well, it was definitely interesting. Uh, like you said, we did not play too many of our starters. Uh, you know, our first game we played, uh, we didn't play anybody. Um, but then finally we were promised a little bit of Sam Darnold action in the second game against the Ravens. Uh, we got to see a total of two passes in that game, but, uh, they looked pretty good. And he hit Robbie Anderson on his first pass for 16 yards. And I got to say, after waiting a long time, an all off season to hear all about can Sam Darnold do this? Can Sam Darnold do that? I just needed to see him out there. I needed to see him complete a pass. I did not need to see the first pass be an interception, which immediately turned into a Sports Center highlight. <laughs> he did, you know, he did all he needed to do. He dropped back, he threw a nice little. 16-yard dime to his guy, Robbie, We came down, but, you know, typical Panthers, which is what happened last year, Some of our biggest, biggest concerns were red zone offense and settling for field goals, and sure enough, we, you know, had a nice turnover in that first game with Darnold, we get the ball, we're driving down, and a turnover on downs in the red zone, so... That was our first impression from the Sam Darnold experience on that second game. But I will say then, some good takeaways from that game rolled over into that last preseason game where we were finally promised a a full half from the starters, minus all-world CMC, with his bucket hat on the sideline, which was fine with me, him staying over there for the preseason games. We don't need any of that. Uh, But we did get to see Sam out there. And I got to say, I liked what I saw. I mean, there was a lot of, there was a lot going on. Um, Again, you know, a whole new system, a whole new team. Everyone knows the whole Sam Donald, new weapons. We all, it's been said before, but you know, it's time to prove it. And it's plenty of talk been going on this off season, but it's time to prove it. And we did get to see a little glimpses of, what could be. I mean, Joe Brady, we weren't going to show, you know, the kitchen sink in that preseason game. I got to believe we ran a little bit of base base offense and stuff, but, you know, I I just saw him get the ball out quick. You know, we got to see on display the talent of DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Terrace Marshall. I mean, again, even with McCaffrey not playing, we had Choba Hubbard in there and he was running the same routes. McCaffrey was going to run, and the you know, Donald's hitting him on those quick out routes and those quick slant routes, and it just looked like he was comfortable. You know, there were plays here and there. He had a couple of happy feet on a couple plays. Um, there was one specific play I didn't love, where you know he tried to get rid of it as he was getting sacked, but you know, those are things to clean up. That's why that's the preseason. But all in all, I was very excited from what I saw from him. Um, I think the biggest, biggest drive was, uh, you know, they had that last drive right before the half, where basically, we all knew it was the last drive before the season, and we really hadn't seen a really nice drive strung together, and this was his two minute opportunity. and sure enough, we had a fourth down, and this was, I think, the biggest play of the preseason was this fourth and two they had because an incomplete pass we're going into the season with, Hey, we really didn't get a lot accomplished there in that first half, but sure enough, we go empty set. We hit DJ Moore, wins his route, hit him for a first down next play. We hit our guy TMJ across the middle on a, finally a deep post route. He got to see Sam throw the ball, you know, downfield a little bit, you know, we hit a nice 20 yard deep post route. And filed it up with a back shoulder touchdown to Robbie Anderson. I mean, you could not have scripted a better way for Sam to look going into the season than that half. So, yes, that got me very excited, you know, and that got me really thinking like, hey, we could have something here. If he gets the ball out quick, you throw in 22 in the backfield as well. We could have something, could have something brewing here. So I was very excited with how the preseason ended there for him.
1: We could be on to something good. Really? Yeah, I, I, I get it. I mean, look, I, I'm not gonna knock Sam at all. I think he's, he definitely has those moments to get you excited. So you know, I'm, I'm not necessarily pulling for the Panthers this year. That's but what I was I, gonna I, ask. I, think, I mean, you know,
2: from a Jets fan perspective, uh, I mean, aside from Week One, obviously we put that aside, but. How are you feeling? I mean, are you rooting for the guy? Are you rooting for him to do well? Because it seems like everyone in America is rooting for Sam Darnold to do well.
1: Yeah, I I honestly. So I posed this sort of question on Twitter. Jets the jet up Twitter um, because I just was like seeing a ton of tweets about how, you know, a lot of Jet fans were posting Sam Darnold's practice mistakes. They were (laughs) like, look, haha, like we won this trade, et cetera, et cetera. And I was kind of like, I tweeted out, like, just a heads up, like, bashing Sam Darnold is not a great look. And like, you know, and I got, it was like my most viral tweet ever. got like, you know, 500 likes, like 100 comments arguing about whether you should or should not root for Sam Darnold as a Jet fan. Um, I think some of the arguments were decent, as in like, he's no longer on our team, so why would we root for him? And secondly that we received some draft picks from you guys in that trade. So we would want you to lose, of course, so that we could have a better position in the draft. So yeah. I definitely get those comments. At the same time, I think you cannot root for someone without rooting against someone. So I think that's well, I
2: gotta say, I kind of feel I mean it's a it's a very it's pretty different. I mean, I would a little similar but kind of different. But Cam Newton, I mean, for us last year, you know, as a Panther fan, it's not, he was not Sam Darnold. I mean, we had a lot more success with Cam Newton, but at the same time, you know, it hurt with him being gone, you know, it was a, do I want to root for him? Do I not want to root for him on the Patriots? It was, a, it was kind of a tough, you know, if he starts doing great, you're like, wait a second,
1: maybe we're we no, you know? like, this guy did some things for us that we loved with Sam. We always felt like he just got a bad hand. So we felt like bad for the guy. At the same time, I do get the argument that you don't root for somebody who's not on your team. But it is conflicting as a fan who for a player that you liked. Uh, I think I
0: think it has more to do with the draft pick than anything. Uh, Right. Because a lot of Jets fans just want that high second round pick. Um, So I I don't think it has anything to with going at Sam. I think people are just like, I don't want the Panthers too well. So we get a higher pick. Which is, you yeah, know, I saw
1: arguments that were it. like root for him next year, kind of thing. <laughs> like once the draft picks are not in there, hope he does good. I think it's it's kind of I mean, a, it's a messy. I thing. mean,
2: I mean, I, I guess I can see where you're coming from, but I mean, it's not exactly a first round draft pick where you're in the where you're like kind of the Giants and the Bears scenario where they're rooting for the Bears to go all in sixteen so they could get you know the number right. one pick next year, the Giants. But uh, I, I mean, I, I guess I get what you're saying, but I just. Again, I've said this before, but like I don't I didn't really understand, I guess, how much of a polarizing figure Sam Darnold was and like how everyone is just really, really rooting for the guy where it was like it was almost like he was taking away like child protective services from the objects. <laughs> it was like we saved him because like he I mean the guy looked like a beaten man every time I listened to him talk in a press conference. Like, what the hell did you guys do to him up there? You know? Re-hired, so yeah. but, uh, But from literally, I mean, every interview that every Panther player gives when they're asked about Sam Darnold is the same answer of, you know, he's so down to earth. He's such a cool guy. He's really relaxed. I'm like, yeah, that really doesn't fit the New York media. Yeah, but I think that's why
1: we liked him as a person. So it's like that's where it's like he's easy to root for. Yeah. But he does play for another team now. So I get those arguments. I would like to see him play well as long as it doesn't hurt our draft position i suppose cuz i am a jet fan i have to yeah. hold to that i can't go against my own allegiance to root for a guy but you know i i do i do hope he does well and lo- i'll say he does well in the long run how about that there he does go. well in the long run maybe doesn't do so, but, but super
2: not, uh, but not but <laughs> not but not better than your guy number 2
1: not better uh, than we need ZW. to make sure that Zach wilson looks better than sam Darnold this year <laughs> Otherwise, it's going to be a lot well, of I'll tell heart. you what,
2: you're going to have that, that, that might be a tall task there uh, for Zach Wilson to look better than Sam. I mean, like, comparable, but just team wise, like, you really think that, like, I'm saying, I guess, I mean, we've been through this before, but if you put Sam Darnold on the Jets roster right now, like, do you think, like, is it a lot better with Zach Wilson on that roster right now? But, we don't know,
1: yeah, I think it's an unknown, Ryan. What do you think, like Zach Wilson? I mean, we've seen some great things from the preseason, but it's so early
0: um I like I've always you can go back, you know, since we drafted him i I loved Sam Donald, thought he was a great player, thought he had a lot to work on, turnover wise and decision making wise and especially footwork, but um, I don't think that's like a real fair argument yet to say who's better. Um, yeah. I think yeah. Sam was given a raw deal and I think I'm a big believer in where you get drafted matters and where you go matters. Um, just from a coaching perspective and, and from, a, uh, a uh, su- you know, supporting cast and who's around you in the system. Uh, so I think it's very, to make that, argument. i got to wait a little bit. Um, I think a big piece and I, do I think Zach could be better? Yeah. Obviously we we have to see, but at the same time, I think the biggest piece of moving on from Sam was, was the contract because you don't want to go into this year and not know what Sam is and then have to pick up his fifth year option. So I think just from that perspective where our roster is, as far as a youth standpoint and a new coaching staff and, and, and a lot of draft picks, I think taking the younger quarterback was that that's the biggest deciding factor, you know, obviously Joe Douglas and them would probably tell you that they they feel that Zach is going to be better I think the biggest piece was they don't want a, a fourth-year quarterback because now you have all this dra- these draft picks, and then you don't know what to do with Sam if he had stayed. So I rule for Sam, obviously, we want a high pick. But at the same time, I think Sam deserves to be you know, in a good spot, and I think he ended in a great spot. I think Matt Rule is a great coach. I think Joe Brady is one of the you know best hires you could have made at OC. So I think he's going to do really well. I don't think that's a fair argument at this point to even compare them until at least one full season's under under their belt.
1: Now are you but, uh, but that's what people are gonna do. Because yeah. these guys are coming Yeah, I mean they're gonna go the come, especially after week guys. one.
0: Especially after week one. Yeah. To re- and why it's gonna be exciting. I think, you know I I do still worry I all I hear is uh how you know weak the offensive line is for the Panthers. I don't is that true?
2: Yeah. Uh I mean we do We do definitely do have a shaky offensive line. I will say that, um but I will say another thing for I mean, just watching the Panthers, you know year after year, we've never had a solid, solid big name offensive guys I mean, other than if you want to go all the way back to Jordan Gross, you know or Ryan Khalil, other than those two guys, I mean, I just think year after year we have somehow put together a decent offensive line where it's not. Where the problems of why we're losing games, you can just point to our offensive line is giving up way too many sacks and we got no time in the backfield for, you know, whether it was Bridgewater or Cam to throw the ball. Like, I really don't think that that has ever been, you know, I don't think it's been a huge strength of ours, but at the same time you know all i hear from living in new york between jets and giants fans is the offensive line the offensive line you know it's all i hear about from a bad team that's a very easy excuse to put on the team as you know our offensive line sucks but i mean i i mean it's going to be interesting we do have taylor moden we locked him up as i believe one of the best right tackles in the league this year so i mean to say we have one of the worst offensive lines in the league if you have one of the best offensive linemen in of the league on it, it can't be the worst offensive line in the league, you know. But right. again, I just, I just, we, uh, we,
0: we did. I just think with Sam, it's important because I think he's just going to have uh, like which
2: is something I did know. I did notice that a little bit in the preseason, you know. I mean, again, it was such a small sample size to see one half of football, but there were a couple, a little bit of happy feet type of plays. I I did notice a little bit, but like you said with Joe Brady as the offensive coordinator, I just think him getting the ball out quick lo- looks like a point of emphasis that he's been focusing on because again, like he was throwing these short, you know, five, 10 yard passes, but if that's what works, that's what works. And I mean, like, yeah, I think, I think for
1: him it's important to get his confidence back this year. I think that should be a big goal for him and, and Joe Brady and like the short passing and all that stuff really helps. Because you're not yeah, reliant like you can on
2: knock, the pocket. I mean, like, again, you could knock it all you want. And again, that was a huge problem last year with watching Teddy Bridgewater was, you know, third and tens, him throwing four-yard passes or something like that, or trying to get back in the game. That's a problem. But in you put it in an offense where Christian McCaffrey's actually playing in, which, again, I just think that people are just – you know, obviously the big name this year is Sam, Sam, Sam. It's all about what Sam's going to do, you know. But I just, it's like Christian McCaffrey did not play last year. Like the guy two years ago literally was the first player since Marshall Falk to catch a 1,000 receiving yards or rush for a 1,000 yards. Like you take that guy off the field, like there's going to be a noticeable difference. I mean, so you put him on the field with Sam, and I don't care if Sam throws, you know, uh, 25 yards. Uh, passes a game where they're under seven yards. I mean, if it results in a win and we're running the ball with McCaffrey, you know, we're running those quick slants to Anderson or more. and then, hey, take a shot deep with Marshall or something like that, you know, that's, that works. That's fine with me. You know, it just all depends who the personnel is. And last year, you know, you saw what Mike Davis did in the Panthers offense last year. That was Mike Davis. I mean, you just replace Christian McCaffrey into that role because McCaffrey did those stats without Joe Brady two years ago. He's really never gotten to be involved in a joke in this Joe Brady offense. And I mean, I just think the sky's the limit when you put him in there. I just don't think people are talking enough about McCaffrey because it's overshadowed by the Sam Donald, you know, phenomenon right now. But I mean, you put that guy with, with Donald, I mean, it's just like another quarterback out there. How smart McCaffrey is! Too, yeah, he's also so. never
0: had anything close to that. Yeah, uh, and I mean, like in any shape, like receiver, running back, anything, tight end. He's had guys that. I mean, if you look at his, you know, first year, you saw the guys he's throwing to. They're not on NFL rosters at this point. Yeah, so I mean, besides Robbie Anderson, who I mean, think up, about oh. any
1: fantasy draft you've even had the last two weeks. You know the 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 difference is darnell i mean darnell is now on a team where he has players that are being drafted in the first second and third round of fantasy drafts when, yeah i and, mean and, there's... And no one on the jets is being picked that early even <laughs> this year i mean we'll see how these young guys in our been...
0: lifetime there's no one anyone yeah. yeah who are you
1: picking in the last couple of years on the jets in the first levy yeah
0: levy on that
1: one year uh you know, who La- knows what, what happened to that guy?
2: Yeah, I Lavernius Coles back in 05, maybe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, maybe like Chris Ivory was the last guy people took in like the first five rounds, maybe, uh, from yeah, the Jets. Yeah, I,
2: mean, I mean, I went ahead. I there was a draft the other day where we were doing, and, you know, you have McCaffrey's the first pick. I mean, he's the first pick overall. I mean, and then in you most drafts, more yes, Robbie Anderson. Yeah. And I've been really trying to talk up, this rookie, Terrace Marshall Jr., man, I'm telling you, people are going to be sleeping on him from hearing about Jamar Chase having the yips of catching. And, you know, we'll see with Jalen Waddle. And, you know, I'm not a huge fan of the guy Tony on the Giants, but I think Terrace Marshall is going to be a stud, especially he's back with Joe Brady. He's already ripping apart the preseason. Uh, I just think it's just another weapon for us to have. He's already even being drafted in fantasy drafts. I thought he'd be slept on. I've seen he's been drafted in like, you know, you know, a little bit sleeper, sleeper pick, you know. Um, so again, that's just another weapon. Cause people say, you know, I read something about, you know, the Panthers, you know, lost Curtis Samuel and oh, I guess they got Christian McCaffrey back, but how is that really gonna make their offense much better? I'm like, you're kidding me. Like, come on. Like, I, I just even seeing Curtis Samuel's production last year, it completely stemmed on the fact that Chris McCaffrey didn't play. Like you look at Curtis Samuel's stats the past three years before that, they weren't even close to his production last year. So again, nothing against him. I mean, he was he was good. I liked Curtis. He was a third down machine last year, but he was he, he could be replaced already with Terrace Marshall. It already looks like we found someone in him. So
0: I think we kind of feel the same way about. Elijah Moore and Kadarius Tony.
2: Yeah, I mean, we I've think
0: heard. the same thing. Where it's like you know, Kadarius Tony could be really good, but you know, feel like we got a nice little pick. In uh, I don't like that
2: pick. I a mean, nice pick in you Elijah Moore. I agree. I think there's a lot of
0: receiver me, but... talent on the board, and I'm just ex- excited for Elijah Moore. Obviously, I think he's a, you know could be a real good player. But yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not a huge fan of the moves that the Giants made over the last three or four years. I, I think they've missed on a lot of things.
2: Well, they honestly, as much as they hate to remember it, but two years ago when they played the Redskins in that last game of the year, that was the Chase Young sweepstakes that they decided to win that game, lose out on Chase Young, and then draft Andrew Thomas. So that's the kind of – and now, now, you
0: know. I think taking a running back at – I mean, this is – you know, we can go back and forth with John. I just totally disagree taking Saquon, even though he's a great player, at at number two overall. I mean, to me, that's – yeah, I I can go on and on. I mean, but
2: I I could do. We could do a giant bashing session
0: as well. I, much as I mean, <laughs> no, I just don't think that Gromin you no know, has done a great job with that team, and we'll find out this year as well. But yeah, I think that the receiver pick. I think there's so many good receivers this year, um, and I understand that they traded back, but still at their tradeback spot. You know, like you said, you the guy that Mitchell, Mitchell you got drafted, and Elijah Moore. I feel like have some high upside um that they could have taken a little bit later um yeah. but you know um, obviously we follow our teams a little more closely so yeah who knows Good there's Tony could be great yeah so. i'm
1: i'm very excited about Elijah Moore i think a lot of jets fans are i mean people are i mean he, he's being hyped up so much in in the preseason and training camp that if he doesn't explode this year i think people will be shocked and and disappointed well, i'll
2: tell you who might be uh, lining up right across from him on sunday and that JC. Would be that will be Mr. Seatbelt, lot. But will down. it? Will he be on he him in the slot? Him. Will he in the be slot? Him? No, you're right. I guess not in the slot. If that's where Elijah
0: Davis is probably playing. he'll be. Yeah,
2: he'll, if he's, be. he'll no, he'll be covering the outside receiver. But um, I'll Elijah tell you what, that's where
0: I, Elijah Moore is going to play more in the slot. When when they took home, I was a little bit shocked, and now the more I think, looked at it, and thought about it, I was like, it's a great pick for them. I mean, I, oh, I was yeah, like, cause, you know,
2: because the whole at argument first I was shocked. Like, Well, the whole argument, too, with the whole Justin Fields argument there um, at number eight, you know, people are like, hey, how could you pass up on Fields and blah, blah, blah. And I've gone into I've said this before where, you know, he was literally the fourth quarterback taken. So three teams that needed quarterbacks passed up on him. And the other thing was, is it wasn't like we even like, yeah, you know, we we chose Sam Darnold over Justin Fields, but we chose Sam Darnold. And JC Horn over Justin Fields. Like right. that's the thing. Like we already had the quarterback, so we got to take the best player available there, as opposed to all of a sudden, you know, you wait you take Fields there and it's like, what the heck did you trade? Right. Um, you lose out. I mean, that's like,
1: a good way to look at it. You lo- you lose out on another player. If you, you mean you
2: Darnold, know, a- would I would you rather go in with a twenty-three year old question mark, possibly big upside Darnold, and a lockdown JC Horn? Or the questionable rookie quarterback, Justin Fields, you know, it's, I mean, for us, I really think we have a pretty solid now, young, young defensive core where again, all this talk about Sam Darnold, you don't even really get to talk about the Panthers defense and some of the players that they have. And some of the players that I think could take a huge leap this year and just players that uh, if you're not following the Panthers, you're not going to know about. And there's plenty of people not following the Panthers, considering this is the third year in a row we do not have a primetime game other than the Thursday night game, which, again, will be under the radar. And hey, when we you play the Jets, it's, when
1: you play the Jets, it's primetime, baby. Yeah. there okay, you Okay. <laughs> uh, but really hey, quick, was... <laughs> we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the players in a minute here, and sort of who we are, who we are looking for this year to to improve, and you know some of our surprise you know, cuts in the in the preseason, but I just wanted to to hit really quick on the Jets preseason, um, just for our, our Jet listeners here. But um the Jets did not lose in the preseason. Wow. And you may not care about that, and no one else may not care about that, um, or may care about that. But you know, for us, I think in a young team, I would argue it's very important to win even games that don't count because it gives you a little bit of confidence. And those players start to feel they they know what it feels like to win. So when they lose, they'll be like, okay, I want to get that feeling back of winning. So I think you know, obviously the games don't count, but we were at the, the Eagles game, which was looked like the game we were going to lose. Um, and we were
0: oh, that was one, wild. One
1: hundred fans left in the building, and then there was Eagles fans all around us, basically cursing us out, like, oh, you guys suck. You can never beat us because we've never beat the Eagles in our history of, of the franchise. For some weird reason, and I'm like, let's just stay. Let's just see what happens. We got a couple, you know, a couple of drinks. Got some food left over. Let's see what happens here at the end. And lo and behold, James Morgan, um, who was He's like a now a
2: Carolina Panther,
1: <laughs> yeah, <it> was a <laughs> round pick, was a year ago. Throws a bomb hail mary to, um, you know, Kenny Boa, Pem- Boa, one of those Aaron Rodgers toss up jump ball plays. And he catches it. And we, we are down one. We get the two point conversion on a second effort from Josh Adams, um, the running back, and we tie the game. So yeah. the Jets go into the regular season with zero losses in the preseason. Um, and yes, we did end up cutting James Morgan like a day later, but Which we uh,
2: savagely picked up. We're still
1: on the Panthers. <laughs> to, uh,
2: to gain all that week one information. So, yeah. James Morgan
1: interviewed uh robert sala uh, on the jets and they're like do you think the panthers just signed him to get information and are never yeah. going to cut him at one robert sala was like i really hope not like i feel <laughs> like that's a way to treat a player yeah we've been but...
2: waterboarding him in the back room for, <laughs> for the past three days
1: <laughs> James Morgan is never going to be the same after this week um <laughs> but guys may have the intel you need i don't know how much intel you need to be able to compete with a young team like ours um (laughs) we have the youngest roster in football right now is what i read there's over like 25 players Mm -hmm. that are you know uh Youngest. i think we're starting at least uh if i I looked at the depth chart um today it looked like we had like six or seven rookies that are starting um you know something like that so it's kind of crazy um Jameson Crowder apparently got COVID, so he may or may not play. So they're showing Elijah. Moore. Yeah, they're showing Elijah Moore as a starter. Who knows? But yeah, he Crowder may play. But uh anyway, it, it's it was fun to, to win a few preseason games and to be at the game where Hail Mary was caught in the end zone. So was Fireman
2: Edge still in you know, attendance as that preseason game was ending?
1: What'd you say? was
2: Fireman Ed still in attendance as the game was ending? I'm not
1: sure Fireman Ed was at the game at all, uh, to be honest with you. you Something what, I with was... a lot of respect for Fireman Ed. Well, he left.
2: He quit on the team.
1: And then he came back.
2: And then he came back. <laughs> <laughs> what the
1: yeah. hell was and then that? he may may have quit again. I'm not really sure what's going no, on. No, he's
0: back. Oh, he's back. he's back.
1: What
2: the hell was that, Fireman Ed?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think, he, you know, obviously the last decade's been tough as a Jet fan, but you know, you have a persona. You can't just give up, man. You can't just give up. You've developed this this sort of legendary fandom. You can't just walk away. He
2: you just know? gave up. Yeah, I, I'm not feeling it this year.
1: Yeah, so anyway, it was nice to win, win some games in the preseason. Zach Wilson looked really good. So we're going to jump into a, a segment we're going to start this year based on uh, Robert Sala's, um, his mantra, all gas, no break. So this segment is going to be called some gas, some break. And like basically, it's going to be throughout the year, we'll go up, which players are up. So we'll give them some gas, then some break uh, on players who may be struggling a little bit. But uh, we're going to jump into which players are up. So we'll start with the Jets, and then we'll bounce over to the Panthers. Um, so as far as players that are up, I mentioned Zach Wilson. Um, he had a great, great few Preseason drives. I think he wasn't in a ton, but he played with, you know, the starters, his starting O line, other than the new rookie guard who was out, Elijah Vera Tucker. Um, but he looked good. I mean, he looked sharp. If you watched any of the highlights, he was looked very composed in the pocket, and you know that was something I think I was worried about when we drafted him. Was is he going to be able to handle the speed of the NFL? Um, coming from a place like BYU that wasn't in a, a big conference or anything like that. But he looked good. I mean, he moved through the pocket really well. Uh, he was throwing sort of off platform at certain times with a lot of accuracy through zero interceptions, had a couple touchdowns. Um, you know, I think he's favoring guys a little bit is what I noticed. So like a rookie can do this a lot, like favoring a guy like Corey Davis, who's sort of a proven guy and throwing a lot of passes to him when he's in instead of sort of spreading it around. He eventually did get the ball around a lot, but you know, I think that's something to look out for going into the year. So I would definitely say right now, Zach Wilson is up. I would also say Corey Davis is up because he got a lot of balls thrown to him and he caught, I think all of them. Um, So Mm -hmm. he had a a good preseason um, and he's going to be the leader in that locker room. Uh, The jets do a show called one jets drive, kind of like the Panthers did that, that show on YouTube. I can't remember Mm -hmm. what it's called.
2: Camp
1: Confidential. Yeah, so Camp Confidential, uh, where they kind of give you the the behind-the-scenes sort of hard knocks done by the team, Uh, and Corey Davis has a really cool backstory. He's gone through a lot of different things, but really like made you love the guy, so I hope he can become a wide receiver one for us. Uh, And then Ty Johnson, who a lot of people are counting as like the Jets' RB3, I think is actually now listed as um, RB two, maybe. Um, and he's, we think he's probably the got the most talent a, a, on this team from a running back perspective. He was on the team last year, did not really get a lot of opportunities because for some reason we were trotting out Frank Gore. Ryan will be upset that I said <laughs> I respect this Frank Gore one time respect yeah. Frank
0: Gore <laughs> side,
1: but Ryan also knew it was time to move on. So I think the Ty Johnson, coming out of nowhere kind of thing. We kind of saw it coming last year from last year. He's trucking dudes in the preseason. He's looking awesome. Um, we, I had somebody on jets, Twitter, create a GIF, um, of him trucking an Eagles linebacker last week. Uh, <laughs> I basically just said, I think I have too much power at this point on jets, Twitter. Cause I just said someone please create me a GIF of this. And within an hour it was in the replies. So, you know, i shout out to, to jets, Twitter for that one. But, uh, you know, Jet Up Pod is gaining some following. Um, but uh, anyway, those guys are up. I'd say Bryce Hall on our defense is up. Uh, at, he's a second year corner. Um, and out of Virginia, you know, he, he looked pretty good in limited action last year. And now he's basically our CB1. So we'll see what we got there because I think we mentioned Bless Austin on the first podcast I did with you, Tommy. We'll yes. get into him in a second. Yes. But. A lot of young guys at corner, so Bryce Hall is going to have to be the guy to cover, you know, the the big-bodied wide receivers that we play against. We'll see how he holds up. Uh, and then our kicking situation is last one I'll say is up. It's usually very, very shaky. We're not really sure who's going to be our kicker every year. In the last few years, um, and this guy Amendola, Matt Amendola, coming out of nowhere. yeah, just this by the way, the most jacked kicker, I think I've ever rookie? seen in my life. I think he's, I rookie, like him. He was good in college. Maybe. Um, I can't remember, but he, uh, basically he was in a kicking job, a kicking contest with, or competition, I should say with the guy we drafted mm-hmm. and he beat him out. So, you know, it, he's, he, he has a booming leg. He hit every kick he kicked in the preseason, just praying. He continues that because we've had a really shaky kicking game the last few years um Ryan any other players that you would say are up right now
0: hmm. I think you got them cuz so yeah. many injuries to our young guys it's hard to you know Lajvarta Tucker Lajmore um a lot a lot of guys played in the preseason so I think you got them well obviously yeah. have more next week but um one guy yeah. I have trending down actually unfortunately um is Makai Becton because of you know concussion protocol. There's rumors that he came in out of shape. Um I don't think so that he's out of shape the way he looks, he looks, you know, pretty ready to go. But um there's a lot of talk about him and hopefully he'll perform. I think he'll be fine. But that's just the you know the narrative right now. Um I think uh James and Crowder with COVID obviously trending down um and uh defensively losing Gerard Davis um, you know, playing these younger guys, Um, Hamza Dean, rookie, I think he's going to be solid. Uh, but I would say, you know, Sherwood looked a little lost um with his reps. So Jamie and Sherwood, our hybrid safety linebacker type, is going to have to start as a, uh, you know, late round pick. He did not look great. So, you know, hopefully they show up and play well this year. But right now, I don't love the what I'm seeing. I think they have t- potential. Um, But those are the guys I think, you know, you know, hopefully we'll have a lot, you know, to to offer on Sundays. But for now, they don't look great in preseason. I think, you know, Salah will, you know, figure it out with those guys.
1: Although we did have Jared, we did speak to our Lions friends at the Lion Up Pod, and they said Jared mm-hmm. Davis is terrible. So I'm not as, as hurt by that one as maybe a lot of Jets fans are. They said he was the best practice player and the worst real game player they'd ever seen. So, That's um, I mean, you doesn't, know, it, it, doesn't hurt me too it
0: bothers much. me just because he's, he's a veteran and, you know, we're starting two rookies in our four three linebacker system. So
1: no, that makes sense. I think our, our linebackers are a question mark because CJ Mosley Mosley's I mean, gonna have
0: to do a lot. So but is he we'll back, that.
1: you know, yeah. I it's it's gonna be really like a lot of unknowns with this season with all the young guys and you know I don't know. I'm 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 a little concerned about the defense because we watched a, the Packers, you know, backups just marching down the field. On our starting defense, you know, obviously we didn't have the one. Williams the one thing, out I, there. yeah.
0: The one thing you I'll know, say what? is that I've seen a lot of, like, just a lot of like high-profile like um, analysts talking about, like, yeah, you, you know, you don't. I guess you don't game plan as hard in the preseason. You probably play some basic coverages. Hopefully that's the case because we did not look good. Okay.
1: No, it makes sense. I, I think hope that's the hope um, when everyone's out there that they'll be a little bit better. I'm a little worried about how they'll handle all the weapons on the Panthers, but we'll get into that in a second with Tommy. Um, and like I said, we're also going to just talk quickly about some surprise cuts. Um, so bless Austin. Uh, he was probably, he was going to start for the he Jets. and they decided, they decided to cut him. Um, <laughs> so definitely a surprise cut. Uh, even the players were surprised by it. He was there a couple of years, had sort of worked his way from, I think, undrafted to a starter. Um, but let's be honest, bless Austin was a liability. OK, <laughs> that, that man was not covering any so starting be NFL caliber honest. wide receiver uh, at, at, at a high level. So yeah, people were like, I can't believe it. We're so light at corner. You would cut this guy. I'm like, honestly, why is he even getting the reps? Let's see what these other guys have that are rookies. So it sounds like that's what they want to do. They want to let the rookies you know, get some game action and see how they perform. We picked a lot of corners in the late rounds this year. So it's a lot of unknowns. So I think throw them out there instead of putting someone out there that is just going to get torched every week. So um, I'd rather see what happens there. And then Herndon, Chris Herndon, who showed a ton of promise his rookie year, a very athletic tight end had a case of the drops last year, um, had some injury history Everyone was like, Herndon really needs to have a breakout year. The Jets decided he just wasn't good enough, and they cut him. Um, And you know what? If he can't beat out guys like Tyler Croft and Ryan Griffin and Daniel Brown at tight tight end, then he does not need to be on this roster. And I'm sorry. I was tired of all the potential that he had and never showing it. Um, That that position is one they're going to have to draft next year. Pretty high, I think. Uh, Tight end is definitely a problem for us. So any other ones ryan that were surprised for you or were were those the main ones
0: um a couple guys you know well i guess not a surprise but i'm kind of not glad obviously you don't want to see a guy cut but joe douglas cuts cut ties with some guys that he drafted a year ago so almost shows you like especially even after the robbie anderson decision to let him walk he's kind of admitted you know i messed up you know he's he's not gonna say you know, I'm, I'm a, you know, I never get anything wrong. We're gonna force these guys to be on the roster, um, so he let a couple of guys go that he drafted, which I don't hate because I think, you know, it just shows that he knows when accountability, um, you know, how to show accountability. So I think getting rid of guys, obviously, you want draft picks to work out, but I thought he did an honest job, just like he did an honest job with the coaching hire, where he didn't know Rob Sala before the, the process. So I think he does a pretty Good objective job of you know bringing in talent. So just a couple guys, you know, Lamichael Piran. I think you know there was a lot of question marks about him making the team. Um, I think he'll be fine. He had a good preseason, um, but yeah, not, nothing too shocking. Besides, you know, Bless and uh, you know James Morgan, who just really didn't play well. Uh, he you know now he's you know Sam Donald's backup. might be, might have might end up starting.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's definitely a double edged sword. It's a double-edged sword, though, to, to with with Douglas, because you're like happy that he's not stubborn to just and has this ego where he's going to say,
0: but he also has to prove that these picks no matter are what. worth keeping, because you know, right. Besides Becton, you know that first draft, you know you got Mims, who's a question mark right now. Um, you got Braden Mann, who's a really good punter. You know, not a premier position, but real good punter. Um, Michael P. are our backup, you know, third, fourth string running back. Um, Ashton Davis has barely played Because of injuries So it's like The early returns of the draft Are Becktons, Which is fine You want to hit on Rice Hall potentially
1: picks. I think Rice Hall hopefully But um, I get what you're saying He has to hit on draft picks A little bit bad I think yeah, this so, year Is going to be A better draft for him Than the year before I, like, think so yeah, I think so too He did better this year But You know Definitely like You're happy that he's not Going to hold on to bad players But you're like That was only one year And that guy He's yeah, off the team. I think he'll start so. on t-
0: Also it was a very difficult year um this year to scout with with everything going on with the guys opting out and things like that but uh tommy let's get to you with with your your um you know Uh, your guys that are trending upwards
2: yeah yeah sure enough jets talk um (laughs) we will do uh so trending upwards i gotta say i would say literally all of our rookies that we just drafted in this past draft i mean If you want to start, we'll start with JC Horn. I mean, again, we haven't played much much of our starters, but just from the possessions I saw him play, I think he was thrown to, I I think he was thrown to five times with zero completions and about two pass breakups in the preseason. So he just looks like an alpha. He looks ready to play. He looks ready to go. Um, And then if you keep going from there, I mean, Terrace Marshall, which I've mentioned, I I think he's gonna be an absolute stud. Everything I've seen from him so far, he's a lot bigger than I thought he was. Um, I think he really dropped in the draft. I think it was just basically like a foot issue, maybe injury problem. But other than that, that was really the only reason I could see why he was falling in the draft. And again, I talked about how he's now paired up with Joe Brady, just like the LSU days and it already seems like I saw them run a little screen pass for him for a touchdown with Darnold, and um, and that just looks like a play that Joe Brady called for Terrace Marshall a hundred times in the past. Like, it just looked like that would continue to work. Um, so you had him. Um, you had Chubba Hubbard. He played the whole preseason because, again, I said McCaffrey didn't play. So our rookie, Chubba Hubbard out of Oklahoma State.
0: That was who, a great pick.
2: Yeah, he tore apart college football two years ago. He had over – 2,000 yards led the FBS in rushing he was a little injury prone his senior year but I think that just allowed us to scoop him up in a later round to be honest with you so what he does best is he plays the same style as McCaffrey whereas Mike Davis was more of a bruiser Um, I mean not to say I mean McCaffrey does it all but more of the like kind of. Out routes and between like, the tackles. Yeah, and just but even like those little Texas routes out of the backfield or something, like oh yeah, I'm Hubbard talking like Davis. Sorry. Yeah, inside no, the tackles is
0: more of Hubbard.
2: Yeah, no, but I'm saying Hubbard is kind of running very similar to what McCaffrey was running, basically right. in the preseason, was what I saw. So he could be a very good spell for McCaffrey because again, two years ago, I could even remember uh, those there's two games that McCaffrey had two years ago against Jacksonville and against Tennessee, where I think he had over 200 yards rushing. But both of those games, by the fourth quarter, he was gassed on the sideline. And, you know, it's good to have at least a compliment there. And, again, I liked what I saw from him in the preseason. He looked like he, you know, could be a good compliment to him. Um, Keeping it going, Tommy Treble was the tight end we drafted out of Notre Dame. He had a couple passes in the preseason. I mean, he's not even really known to be as much of a pass catcher. Um, he's, you know, and Notre Dame, he didn't catch so many passes. He's no more of a blocker, kind of an H back. But again, I saw him. He, I think he had at least four or five catches in this preseason. He looked good. Um, shy Smith, a slot we picked out of South Carolina was one of those, um, one of those senior bowl guys that Matt rule was luckily was one of the, the Panthers staff and the Dolphins staff were the only two staffs that were basically allowed to evaluate the senior bowl talent because. covid no one else was allowed in there so i think matt rule really got to see a couple guys that he liked um that he was able to coach during the senior bowl and shy smith was one of those um unfortunately in the last preseason game he did hurt his shoulder we're still waiting to see how serious it is i think matt rule did unfortunately say it seemed it could be significant i don't know what that'll mean which that's unfortunate but um, but other than, I mean, Shy Smith, Treble, Hubbard, they all looked good. Even Brady Christensen, our, our, uh, our tackle he picked in the third round, they're saying he looks like more of a right side guy in a perfect world. We would love, or at least I would love to be able to somehow move Moten from right tackle to left and to get Brady Christensen in to start, you know, playing some right tackle because again, you know, our line it's, it's, it's still shaping up, but it would be nice to be able to move our best lineman to the left side. That's what, at least in my opinion. How old is um, Moden? Moden, he just signed his extension, so I believe this is his fourth year. He's young, so he's he's pretty young. So oh, I okay. think that's why they had, they signed the extension. But um, but yeah. So I mean, they looked great. So those were all positive. Everything I saw from their rookies uh, in in the preseason was a positive. Um, so that was great. Um, as far as you know, we've gone over Sam. I don't need to go back into Sam. But on the defensive side, um, we picked up Hassan Reddick in the offseason. And I think that's a slept on acquisition because that he had 12 and a half sacks last year. I wanted us
0: to sign him. That, and I mean, really
2: like, I, I could talk for days about Brian Burns, how I think Brian Burns, you know, I don't think he's a household name right now. I really don't think the majority of people know who he is. He wasn't even in the top 100, which I thought was completely I remember when he got drafted. And, yeah, and, I mean, he – last year, I, I don't – I really think he gets to the quarterback quicker, or I shouldn't say as quick as anyone I can see in the league. It's just last year he didn't he, – how many times he got two hands on the quarterback, which didn't result in a sack, There he could have had at least six or seven more sacks last year. So I believe now if you're going to pair him – with you actually have some other people to rush with him. If you put Redick on the other side uh, and you have both of them rush, they have a competition between the two of them this year. It's actually kind of funny. The winner gets a go-kart on who gets the most (laughs) between the two of them. So that'll be fun to watch. But uh, again, even even our draft pick from last year, Derek Brown from Auburn, he slowly but surely got better and better as the year went on. And he's so young as it is too. And he is going to be a beast as well. So, I mean, the defensive line is is pretty. pretty, Yeah, this
1: game's going to be a battle of the defensive lines, honestly. I I mean, obviously, you guys have more offensive proven talent at this point. Um, I think with the D lines, it's actually, I'll say it won't be a battle of the defensive lines. It'll be who which offensive line can hold up in this game. Because I think the Jets have made improvements. But that's an insane, you know, front for the Panthers. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. my like Jets sure. have Quinn and Williams and a couple of good you know rushers as well. We had lost our best pass rusher in Lawson,
2: yeah, uh, I but mean, there's some promising
1: goal. young guys. i don't I'm not going to say we have a formidable pass rush, but I mean, with the Panthers line, I think there's you know some question marks I there just as think to how that goes yeah. so.
2: I mean i for as far as the Panthers D line though goes, I mean if you're edge rushing, Reddick and burns, and then you have up the middle Derek Brown getting some sort of pressure. He yeah, Gordon it's going to be from the Rams who had I think he had about 8 or 9 sacks last year too. You know, you've some veteran presence there on the line. Eder Grossmotos was our guy from a, a draft pick, second yep. round pick last year. He's young. He gets that I've heard that people are saying that one of the takeaways from camp is he looks like he just grew up compared to last year. I mean, between those guys rushing and then again, um, you know, our linebacking in court I would say our linebacking core is definitely a little thin. Um, One of the, I guess, if you want to say surprising moves, they did sign Denzel Perriman in the off season and they immediately traded him um, last week, but the guy didn't get on the field for one practice. He was hurt. And then there was COVID vaccination stuff. I don't know, but we ended up getting rid of him and another, um, I know you were talking about surprise cuts, but, Um, I guess it was surprising, I mean, because we did sign him in the offseason was David Moore from Seattle, and I really think they brought him in thinking, you know, to potentially um, go for that number three receiver slot, but I don't think they realized how big of a jump Marshall could have already made in the preseason, where he pretty much solidified himself as that number three slot, where it kind of made David more expendable, and they were like, you know, we kind of like what we have here. Um, I do, I guess I thought it was interesting just because of some receiver depth, you know, but, um, but I do uh, think
1: that's something I mentioned too, to like, you know, to Jets fans the other day, I was like, it's a good thing when you see players that you thought were going to make the roster get cut, because it means that the guys that did make it are playing at a higher level than you expected. So I think, you know, we, we cut. Uh, you know, a couple. Receivers. That's if you trust
0: trust the front office. Sorry to. It is, but
1: I'm throw. just saying. From a, like, we cut a guy, Vincent Smith, who had a great preseason, but it just you know makes you think, okay, like maybe we're actually getting better at developing this talent. That you know, fans go into the season thinking that guy is not going to make the roster, or you know, this other guy is going to overtake him. And like you're saying with David Moore, you know, a rookie overtook him. And I think that's something that's exciting for you and, and exciting for us when we see other players. What that about
2: your guy? Uh, what about your, your guy, guy. Frankie Wuhu from the Jets? Do you remember him? Oh, dude.
1: You guys have him? Dude,
0: he has he is a nut
2: killing it in preseason. He
0: has a motor. He, he has, has whatever been. he makes killing up it for it. In he doesn't have in, in in you know ability. He has the best motor. That dude last year was making every play. Like he, yeah, maybe I mean, he didn't make the play, but he was near the play. He's like, been that dude plays hard. I respect been that guy. all
2: over the field in the preseason. And I think that also might have had something to do with us being able to get rid of Perriman, too, because um, with him, I mean, well, I don't know if he'll start, but we have Shaq Thompson right now. Who's basically the old dog in the Panthers organization? Even though I think he's been there for five years, and he's basically the old <laughs> dog in the organization. Um, not counting so we'll my too. guy JJ Jansen, our uh, our long snapper, who is the pride of the Panthers. I think he's now he's our longest tenured player. I think but, everyone's um,
1: long snapper is the yeah. pride and, and longest tenured player on a team. So we, yeah. we have the same thing.
2: <laughs> well, we well, yeah we did a nice little savvy move of the. Uh, we drafted another long snapper, but uh we put him on nice injured reserve to to keep him on the to keep him around so we didn't have to cut him. But uh but yeah, so yeah, so Frankie Lubu's been looking sick in the preseason. But um I thought it was funny that uh the day that Luke keekley showed up to our practice was like the next day we made all our decisions on our linebackers. Like it was almost that like He was looking at. He just was like, "No,
1: not that guy. Go with that guy." (laughs) Yeah.
2: So like right now, our middle linebacker is Jermaine Carter Jr. And like he was, he's young. He had an okay year. I mean, he wasn't. He was average last year. Nothing special, but he looks like he can make a jump too. And again, like it was funny. It was almost like the day after Keeley was there, he was like, maybe gave the nod of approval on Jermaine Carter and and Luvu and Reddick and Thompson, and was like, you know what? I think you're okay here. Uh, So. I mean, short of him strapping on the pads again, that would probably be uh, the ultimate. But other than that, I think, I don't know. I, I really, again, I think that they're young enough that it's going to be interesting. And I love the matchup that we get week one against basically a bunch of rookies between a rookie coach, a rookie quarterback, rookie receiver. And, and then if you flip it for Sam, you're talking about all the rookie corners the Jets have. I mean... For the Panthers, I got to say this is a very, very favorable matchup for them to open up the season at home against the Jets with all of this. Well, of
1: course you would say that.
2: Yeah, I mean, of course. But, I mean, other than the fact that the NFL definitely did this just to screw with Sam's head one more time while they could, just to screw with him a little bit more. But, you know. It'll be the most watched Panther game. game. (laughs) I'll tell you what. If this game was in MetLife week one, I would be feeling a lot more. I would just not be happy if this. I'm just very happy this. They did not
0: throw him back into.
2: That that would have just been awful. That would have been a mess. Back, I think, that I that think we.
0: And yeah, it would have been a mess. I think. I think the game has, has has real potential to be a a really fun football game to watch. I think it's going to be exciting. I think. Um, At least for Jets and know. Panthers fans, it will be.
1: It'll be a great Exa- test exactly exactly. It's going to be a great test of like. What do these teams have in these in these defenses? And then also, from an offensive standpoint, I do think the Jets are gonna are gonna surprise people. On, also,
2: the Jets are playing with nothing to lose, though. Yeah, form. they're gonna and anything that they do that positive really about
1: the Panthers. You can't yeah, gonna, really anything they do positive them. is gonna help. Them I think going forward, but I, I think, think that the, the Jets the Panthers, you know what you have on a lot of your offense except Sam. So I think a lot think of that it's that gonna teams. be the Panthers are gonna score points. Will Zach do enough? with some of these new guys to keep up with. Oh, I I also
2: forgot to mention um, when we're talking about cuts and downside, I completely forgot, but you talked about your kicking game trending upwards. Ours is now trending into very muddy waters here. Uh, (laughs) Because, I mean, we went from years ago, we had a solid Graham Gano for years, kicking uh, pressure kick after pressure kick. And you know we let th- that allowed us to let Kurt go off our practice squad, who then becomes a stud on the Chiefs. But it was okay, you know we still had Gano. Then Joey Sly two years ago ended up beating Gano. You know we let Gano go, and now Joey Sly the past two years was very shaky. And I wrote in my first article about the first preseason game he missed his first extra point of the year, and I couldn't believe how we were still already missing extra points. this is the most frustrating thing in the world to me, how you could have a team work so hard to score a touchdown and just put it on the kicker to make the extra point and I have to hold my breath to celebrate a <laughs> touchdown until the point goes in. So sure enough, you know, he started missing kicks. He missed three kicks in the preseason, which then we had to bring someone in. We ended up trading for Santoso on the Giants off the practice squad. And sure enough, last Last preseason game, Santoso comes in. It's a 51-yarder. Joey Sly comes in, misses a 38-yarder, and that's it. And Joey Sly next game. He's out.
1: He's out the door.
2: Steve Smith. See you later, Joey.
1: (laughs) You can't miss kicks in 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 consecutive games. You're done. I mean, I can't
2: say that I'm too happy that our kicking situation was not figured out until. 10 days before the season started so
1: i don't want to act like our kicking game is settled by the way well, it, yeah I, I, I don't know, know. it did sound yeah like, <laughs> this is a very young a, kicker it but like
2: very very confident there he i mean me. he was
1: booming them from 50 from 40 from 30 i mean accurately i like
2: i do you know. i do like that kid i do
1: but
0: it's early kid good, but it's hey, I, honestly, going back yeah I, I i agree i think you know kicking is so hit or miss with every like three years it's no, almost funny, seems funny. like you need to find somebody new yeah, no put intended. Um, but going back to just quickly the the week one, I think I think week one and, and all the weeks for the Jets, it's like wins and losses are not gonna determine the success of your season, it's which is crazy to say, but it's gonna be the development of Zach if he's if you could find out if he's legit and the development, not the development, but the the proof if Rob S- Sala is a good coach. I think if you guys go, if we go, you know, the Jets go six and eleven with this new seventeen-game season. Yeah. Six and eleven, and you have great production from your quarterback, and your head coach has has shown that he can coach. I think that's a great. I think that's a legit positive season for the Jets. I mean, I do. Yeah, I need. I think people need to pump the brakes. Because I those think ones. it depends. Yeah, exactly. It I think if Good you're competitive wins, and Zach is you know. playing great. And you get good early returns on your on your rookies and your second year guys in you know, the Joe Douglas class. Um, I think you measure success based off your head coach and your quarterback. I really do.
1: Right, but I, I just think there's you, you need yeah. The Jets fans overall need to just temper expectations. I know people are tired of hearing rebuilding and this of and that. Of course, I, I I'm but the first just, guy to say yeah. I can't
0: do that anymore. But it, it we, is we, what it is. A point where we're
1: like we've got their Be TV. the last we've got, one exactly we've got the head coach now that we actually think is going to turn into something good for this team and this, this roster and this culture. And then I think it's sort of like the the GM, the head coach, the QB, they're all on the same stage. They're all on the same page. We've got a young team. We're doing it right for, I want to say the first time, maybe in the history of the New York jets, where we're actually resetting correctly. We're not like trying to piece things together and like bandage up random spots with veterans. We're actually, you know, doing it correctly. So I do think it's realistic to to say six wins this year, maybe seven, you know, if if it's more than that, it's amazing. But you want to see the development from those young guys who look, you know, who look like they can compete in these tight games against good teams. And then next year, I think it's no more excuses. You have the the roster put together at that point with guys that have a couple years of experience, you know, in a system. It's time to start making the playoffs. Yeah, I think, I think. yeah. Go yeah, I ahead.
2: Actually, no, I was gonna say. I mean, I really. I mean, I think the Panthers are in a similar boat. I mean, it's weird because they kind of, like, you want to say they did press the reset button. I mean, I can't go back to the whole signing of Bridgewater last year because they really did set the reset button. Like, but then that's such a weird signing, like as a bridge quarterback right. or someone when you're resetting. Like, you know, we never really got that. So that's why I really think that, again, like it's a similar situation. Like, you know, Sam's not a rookie, but it's almost arguably just as unproven as a rookie on what he's going to do. So and what steps are going to be taken after that. I mean, like I've been saying where how Matt rules first year was last year. You know, last year I kind of wanted I kind of wanted last year to be what this year is, you know, like, let's see what kind of steps we take. And then in that second year, take the jump. I'm kind of hoping, you know, again, this year, I think we're a better team than last year. I think that the defense, you know, is just getting older or getting a little, you know, got more playmakers. The younger guys are getting a little more experience, getting a little more familiarity with the team. Um, whereas in I'm hoping this year, I, I got to believe this year we can get to nine wins. I mean, nine and eight, win, a nine and eight. I, think, I don't think that that's out of the question for the Panthers this year. Absolutely. I and think that's a pretty that realistic thing is, I mean, if Sam Darnold doesn't even have to be good, he just has to be above average with the talent. I mean, he won
0: seven. He won seven his second year with Adam Gase, so.
2: That's what I'm saying. So, I mean, like, and then, again, like, that, if you take that positive and that, you know, eight, nine wins in a possible playoff and him playing well and just feeling better and feeling more comfortable in this environment and the players around him, we're not losing anyone anytime soon. We're gaining, I mean, they just signed Robbie Anderson again. DJ Moore's on their contract for another two years. McCaffrey's on their contract for another four years. And you have the pieces around him. So it's a matter of if he plays well, yeah. then, you know, I'm not you know, going to predict a Super Bowl this year, but I'm talking about in the next year, like this is the year to get everything kind of settled. Make noise. Matt make some make some noise. I, I think
1: you guys are are probably the Panthers, I'd say, are probably one year ahead of the Jets. I think they've got, you know, they've got more yeah. talent on the roster. You know, similar issues with O-line. Jets, hopefully, are remedying that. But, you know, young quarterbacks, you have, you know, a little bit more of us people that are used to that system. So I think you guys will probably be in that, you know, in 8, 9, if you surprise people, 10-win situation where, you know, maybe next season you're actually, a you know, a, a true contender. Yeah, and especially um, and, you if, know, so. you know,
2: freaking Brady finally decides to hang him up at some point i mean we have a step up on our division i mean you know breeze is gone brady's got he's got to stop doing him.
1: this tb12 program because it's it's made him yeah. into some supernatural being yeah. who
2: the hell okay. is yeah i know now yeah now he's getting ben roethlisberger to start trying to follow it too
1: yeah i got people like telling me they're reading this tb12 book on how to, how to be you know, uh, as as sort of l- have the longevity uh, throughout, you know, various things. So uh, I'm tired of Tom Brady winning, but I also have to respect it. You know, yeah. I, I, can't, I can't hate on the guy, especially these days. He's not on the Patriots anymore, so there's less hate. But I know, I, I really I'm not going to be was... one of those people that, like, Ryan, we were talking about this yesterday, that's like, Tom Brady, like, I just wish he'd be out of the league so that we can move on to a new storyline. I'm like, well, someone has to beat him. Someone has to go and beat him in a game, in a big game and make him, you know, no longer relevant. But otherwise yeah. he's just going to keep coming back. Yeah. So, well, you know. I just,
2: yeah, I mean, as a Panthers fan, I think we are just biding our time here. Hopefully he's got a year, maybe two. And then we are a step ahead of the other three teams in the division of kind of hitting that reset button, you know, like, because, again, I, I, I do not think the Saints are going to be that good this year. I don't know why people do think they are. And the Falcons are the
0: Falcons. You know, they're the same team every single year. As so, as yeah. nice, like that sounds. I totally agree with everything you just said. I, I think what's frustrating for us is that as soon as we're trying to get good, you know, obviously it's football. It's it is yeah. what it is. It's professional sports, but like you got Josh Allen in the com, in the yeah, division. you got a young the, uh, Josh Allen. Bill Belichick team. in the division, and, and then once you get out of the division, you got be Patrick Holmes. Mahomes. Yeah, yeah Mag like, Jones. You got to get the – pa- It
1: is tough to win a Super Bowl in this league, okay? It just is. Of and, course. And, I mean, that's that's, that's uh, the most
0: obvious thing ever. I think that's what I'm trying to say. Like I, What I'm saying sounds so obvious to everybody else, but it's like you got to build it the right way or you have no shot.
1: And you have to be able to beat the Patrick Mahomes of the world. I mean, you're going to have to be that good. And I think that's what Jets fans and I'm sure Panther fans are thinking too is like, is our team actually going to be able to compete with these elite rosters? Like when we play, we practiced with the Packers
2: hey man, this, this offseason. People on the said tape the Packers week 12 looked. 12 last year, Carolina yeah. at Kansas City.
0: Any given I Sunday.
1: To, anything can any happen. Any
2: given Sunday. It is true. Anything, true.
1: anything can happen in any game. But I think what I'm trying to say is. why
2: they play the yeah. game. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the Packers, though, apparently looked, you know. Like they should a lot better than the Jets in the, in the in the practices and that's something that I think Jets fans have to recognize is the team is not a championship team yet and it's not going to become a championship team overnight but there has to be a point where we are good enough to compete with a team like that or, or you a team just have like to the make Chiefs steps
2: and where you're not taking one step forward and yeah, two steps back every yeah. year
1: yeah so I think we're actually <laughs> hopefully going in the correct direction here. And there will be a lack of patience at some point. We can wait, but we can't wait forever. The team has to be good enough to compete within the next year and a half. Maybe, you know, I'd say by next season, we need to be like in the conversation of making the playoffs and the following season in the conversation of making a run. Otherwise we're not doing what we need to be doing because it should not take a decade. So, you know, you you see these teams turned around in two to three years. We say it all the time. The Jets, you know, it's got to be two to three years. It can't be five, six, seven years. Otherwise, we'll just be doing this again, and this podcast will go on indefinitely. This I guess, podcast,
2: we'll go on forever.
1: <laughs> but will uh, I too. want I want new storylines to talk about on this podcast. I want to talk about how well the Jets are doing, yes.
2: how well
1: they are improving, the games that they're winning, and that they're playing. Hey, I'll
2: tell you games. what. After Ships, week one, I'm a big Zach Wilson guy. Trust me, I'm a big fan of him at BYU. We got to get through week one, and then we could be a then we could be a happy uh, Jets Panthers podcast together. But I'll tell you what, yeah. Sunday we will we'll
1: root for each other uh, after we find you know after week one and we feel like okay we can be friends again. But yeah. as far as as far as the week one game goes, we'll final, we'll finish the podcast here with some final score predictions. So I'll kick it to you, Tommy. First, give me your final score for this game.
2: My final score prediction. I'm gonna go with a nice. 24-13 Panthers.
1: Okay. All right. I, I think that's reasonable. I think, you know, lots of unknowns on the Jets offense. But,
0: Ryan, what do you think? I like the score to come down to 23-20 on a Amendola field goal. New York Jets. Take the win in Carolina
2: and hand me a shotgun while you're at it.
1: <laughs> All right, I will be the one to to break the root for your own team score. So I will, I will, I will say I'm optimistic about the Jets. I think they could definitely win this game, but I'm going to go 28-24 Panthers. I'm going to give it to them here. I know Jets fans are going to hate me for what? saying that.
2: You're not putting 24 up
1: we will you put up 24 points. 20
2: points on the board.
1: It will be 28-24 Panthers or the Jets will will score 30 plus and 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 win the game. Oh yeah,
2: They're, yeah. And why don't you end it on that? Why don't you end it on, that? <laughs> <laughs> on
1: Look, I point I, I want to be I I am confident that we can win this game, but we are young and I want to be mindful of that and our defense scared me a little bit in the preseason. So I want
0: <laughs> 23-20
1: book <Okay>. it. <laughs>
2: I might start lowering it to twenty-four-six if you keep that up. <laughs>
1: you underestimate. You underestimate the 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 uh, the new talent and the new offense in this in this uh, Jets locker room. Wait till
2: so, uh, I'm predicting Brian Burns two and a half sacks.
0: On
2: the we'll get a Jason.
0: Not Horn on Horn my boy Beck dude.
2: You just shit on your boy <laughs> back <Beckton> twenty <laughs> minutes ago. Give me a
1: break. <laughs> Look, lots of great storylines here. I think we're all very excited for this game. We're all very excited that it's week one. Real football is being played as soon as this Thursday. This podcast will go out on the Jet Up podcast uh, feed as well as the Panther Up podcast feed. And we hope you guys enjoy listening to our banter about both teams on this crossover pod. And we'll give you a nice week one recap and preview of week two. Next week, uh, we'll have weekly episodes this season for the Jets. Um, and it's going to be it's going to be fun, guys. Football's back. Full stadiums are back. Get excited, fellas. Yes, any any final pounding. words? Keep pounding. Ryan. 2320.
0: Let's go. Shut
1: All off. gas, <laughs> no break, baby. All gas, no break. And also we need our take flight hashtag back because somehow it got, it got taken by some Canadian team. But anyway, uh, <laughs> thanks everybody for listening and we'll catch you guys next time.